Hello again, this is Dr. Rob, and this is the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health. A few weeks ago, I did a podcast that talked about attention deficit disorder from my own unique perspective. I have it. This week, I'm going to cover more of the details about that condition, specifically how it's diagnosed and how it's treated. If you didn't hear the last podcast on ADD, it'd be a real good idea for you to go do so before listening to this. I'll be very disappointed with you if you don't. Okay, so how do you know a person has attention deficit disorder with or without hyperactivity? The diagnosis is not made using a stethoscope or that thingy that you use to look into the ears, but it's done by asking a lot of questions. Hearing the story from the person is important, but perhaps more important is the view of the parents, the spouse, teachers, and or employers. There are a number of criteria used to make the diagnosis of ADD. And the most widely accepted one is that in the fourth edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, commonly referred to as the dsm 4 that manual defines the characteristics of the two varieties of ADD, inattentive and hyperactive impulsive. What's the difference between the two? I'll put all the criteria in the show notes, but it basically comes down to how a person reacts to losing focus. Some people drift off into the outer reaches of space, while others fidget and go from thing to thing, driving everybody around them crazy. Inattentive type tends to happen in girls, while hyperactive flavor tends to be in boys, although not all the time. The root problem is still the same, lack of focus, and both are referred to as ADD. Having parents or teachers fill out a Connors or Vanderbilt questionnaire is how many physicians and psychologists make the ADD diagnosis in children. There are a number of tests for adults as well. All of these tests are flawed, however, in that the person doesn't have to be truthful when they fill it out. That's why I usually get several people's perspective when I'm making the diagnosis. The more, the merrier. There are a number of conditions that could contribute or even cause attention problems, including hearing and vision problems, psychiatric problems such as anxiety, depression, obsessive-compulsive disorder, and bipolar disorder, use of medications that cause fatigue such as antihistamines or antidepressants, and fatigue. I once had a child who was being treated for ADD when in reality the problem was actually sleep apnea. child was falling asleep all the time. Treating the sleep apnea cured the ADD. The bottom line is that a careful evaluation needs to be made before attaching the label of ADD. So let's say that we have a clear diagnosis of ADD. The next thing to do is to prescribe medications, right? Wrong. Whenever any disease or condition is diagnosed, the first question you and your doctor should ask is this. So what? What difference does it make to have the diagnosis and what difference would treatment make? Remember my story? I was never treated with medications until I started self-medicating with coffee in college. Did not being medicated make things harder for me? Actually, it did. But that hardship is a big part of who I am today. We don't want to remove all obstacles from in front of people, especially children. But there are certain times when treatment must be considered. These times include when a person is failing or doing poorly at a very important task such as work or school, and when the condition is causing harm in relationships. In the case of children, affected relationships may be with parents and siblings at home or with teachers and fellow classmates at school. In the case of adults, affected relationships may include spouses or other important relationships. Please be aware that the hyperactive ADD, as a rule, is diagnosed far earlier than the inattentive variety. 
This is because teachers are much less likely to complain about the child who is staring at the dots in the ceiling tiles than they are about the child that is hanging from the ceiling tiles. People with inattentive ADD are just often assumed not to be as smart as the other children, which is a real shame because they're actually often smarter. The treatment of ADD falls into two main approaches, improving the environment and giving medications. Of the two, the pills get all the attention, but the environment is actually a lot more important. The following things can improve the environment of a person with ADD. First, use structure. In general, people with ADD have a hard time staying on task, so they do better in a structured setting with clear expectations. Second, switch it up. Boredom is the enemy. That's why boys with ADD have absolutely no problem focusing on video games. These games change a lot and are very exciting to them. Third, minimize distractions. When I was in school, I discovered that I did much better in classes when I sat in the front of the classroom and not in the back with my friends. Fourth, be clear. Vague or complicated instructions should be avoided. Breaking tasks down into smaller parts and checking off each part when done helps a lot. A small number of long-term deadlines are not as good as many shorter-term ones. And finally, provide supervision. Kids with ADD actually do better in a smaller classroom setting where they can be brought back on task. The same is actually true for adults. If people still struggle after making the environmental changes, medication should be considered. The main drugs used to treat ADD are amphetamines. These drugs stimulate that part of the brain that causes a person to focus and to improve their attention. They actually work really well. Stimulant drugs such as Ritalin and Adderall are so effective that they're being used with alarming frequency. This has raised some serious questions. Are we medicating our children just because they're acting like children? Are adults just taking them to avoid struggle? Are we creating a bunch of drug addicts by giving all these drugs? Well, these medications should never be given unless a qualified professional makes the diagnosis. And I do think that people are being overtreated. Many kids are being treated because they're getting bees. Many adults just want to get more things done. The desire to escape struggle makes these medications tempting to many people. But you don't treat ADD because it's there. You treat it because it's causing a problem. That being said, for people who really need them, stimulant medications are very beneficial. One study showed that children with ADD who were not treated with medications were seven times more likely to use illegal drugs later in life than those who were treated with medications. That flies in the face of those who have concerns about us creating a bunch of drug addicts by medicating kids with ADD. Why is this? Well, people do drugs when they're hopeless. A child labeled as an underachiever and a troublemaker who doesn't get along with their parents will often lose hope. So let me recap this by giving my quick and dirty tips about treating ADD. Tip number one, use objective testing. Being tested by a psychologist or a PCP is the first step in making the diagnosis. Tip number two, rule out other problems. I can't emphasize enough the importance of looking for other reasons for the inattention or hyperactivity before jumping to the diagnosis and treatment of ADD. Tip number three, change the environment first. A person knowing how to compensate for their weaknesses is at least important as it is for them to succeed. If the environment can be changed, change it. Tip number four, medicate problems, not just a diagnosis. Having a diagnosis of ADD is not a reason to treat. Just having ADD is not enough to merit medication. The ADD has to be causing enough problems 
that not treating is worse than treating. Escaping struggles can have a negative impact in the long run. A child's character is much more important than their math grades. Tip number five, when appropriate, medicate carefully. The drugs for ADD are very strong and tightly controlled by the government, but they can really help. And by the way, never, ever, ever share ADD medicines with other people. Because they are controlled drugs, sharing them with others is the legal equivalent of trafficking cocaine. And finally, tip number six, don't play bejeweled when you have ADD and have a podcast you need to write. That's it for today's show. If you have questions you want me to answer, send them to housecalldoctor at quickanddirtytips.com or call area code 206-337-5895. You can also find me on Twitter at housecalldoc and don't forget to go to my Facebook page, housecalldoctor. And oh yes, feel free to visit my blog, Musings of a Distractible Mind at distractible.org. Let me remind you that this podcast is for informational purposes only. My goal is to add to your medical knowledge and translate some of the weird medical stuff you hear so that when you do go to your doctor, your visits will be more fruitful. I don't intend to replace your doctor. He or she is the one you should always consult about your own medical condition. Catch you next time. Stay healthy. Mm -hmm.